Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So perhaps foolishly, and I will say perhaps foolishly because I have the worst luck at times, I was looking at going to a hockey game in Boston Thursday. Pittsburgh Penguins are in town. I am unable to do that because my car had decided that um, both of its back tires needed wheel bearings replaced <laughs> at the same time. What are the odds? Uh, anyway, uh, and so I was looking at tickets before that happened. I was, you know, doing the mental juggling of, well, if it only costs this much, then maybe I can still get to the game, you know, kind of thing. And then my mechanic blew that out of the water. Um, anyway, so uh, I was looking at tickets and ticket prices. And the last time I went to a Boston Bruins game was four years ago. It was the January before COVID hit. And I swear that the tickets that I wanted, I bought for about $135. So much to my surprise, I go on to <clears throat> Ticketmaster's website and um They they are the Gary Bettman of ticketing. I know, I know. I'm legally required to mention this for reasons. And, and uh those same tickets in that same area of that same arena four years later are now $320. Each. And the upper deck, most of the upper deck for a weekday game was over $200. Pretty much at this point, I might be priced out of Boston <laughs> because that's just absurd. Not just in terms of, I mean, I make pretty decent money. But it's not just in terms of money. It's also in terms of, is it really worth paying $300 for a seat to go to a hockey game? Is it really? Depending <laughs> upon the teams yeah. and, and the way the goalies play and let up short side goals. Sometimes it's not. Mm, yeah, but see, it's, it's a chancy thing, right? You don't know how those games are going to go. You have just as much of a chance to go to a game that's a stinker as you do a game that is super wonderful, fantastic, and worth every penny. Every hockey game is worth every penny. Is it? Yes. Even the worst ones in the world are still better than the best baseball game. <laughs> you know, can't argue that. They're better than the best football game and take half as much time. Usually. We're still being price gouged, but you know, I can't disagree. Um, I bought weekday or yeah, weekday tickets in the upper decks uh, for a late January Minnesota wild game. It was, I don't know, 70, 80 bucks on the secondary market. Um, but locally in town when, you know, it used to be easy as cake to get tickets. Everything is 
similarly scaled from four years ago based on what you're describing, Cassie. Mm-hmm. And I know, I mean, I wasn't priced out of season tickets, but I was priced out of season tickets. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. So I'm not really priced out of Boston, but I'm kind of priced out of Boston. Yeah, so I, I will pick and choose my spots, maybe go to one or two games a year. Otherwise, you know, if I come upon tickets, great. Otherwise, I'm not actively, you know, picking them out. Live in-game update. <laughs> the um, The team with the identity crisis... And Frederick Goudreau just put the Minnesota Wild up 2-1 over the Winnipeg Jets. You mean the Minnesota North Wild? Uh, the Minnesota camouflage bear. That's not really camouflage, but it's not really a bear. <sighs> yeah. Green is a good look. Yellow is a good accent. The way they did it. And the way the Minnesota North Stars did it wasn't the best. There are shades of green and yellow, and then there are shades of green and yellow. Mm-hmm. That's the hot take police coming for you. I mean, they just need to copy Clarkson University. Do what they do. Give me yellow numbers and maybe not the bear logo. Problem solved. What would you change the Minnesota Wild logo to? It could continue to be a bear, but not that one. Not the bear in profile with the woods and the apparent sunset and the northern star and all that. Yeah, I mean, no one... There's an NFL team with a bear logo, but outside of that... Most teams called the Bears or Golden Bears don't really have a good logo. It seems like a huge opportunity missed. (laughs) Or they could just rip off the uh, Orlando Solar Bears and just put all the foliage and and trees and all the nature in the reflection of the glasses. (laughs) People try to do their logos a little too seriously, in my opinion. Have fun. Be jokey, be cartoony, and, you know, it'll work. And hope you don't get a lawsuit the week before you're about to wear a new version (laughs) of the logo. (laughs) I'm so glad you brought that up. Because who owns it again? I forgot who owns the Metropolitan Trademark. Just some guy. Just some person who bought the trademark. Uh, Now, see, I got to go look it up. Yeah, I I read the story. It was in the Seattle Times a few days ago, and then I haven't been preoccupied with other things. Do be do. Oh, Paul Kim. Okay, <clears throat> that's why so, I was trying. To so someone you, you know you may be familiar with, but. I had never heard of before today or a few days ago. Uh, not terribly familiar with, although I find it funny. He lives in Linwood, <laughs> which is, which is a byproduct of the story, Pat. 
We weren't talking about where it was. Correct. No, you you were giving me biographical information on a person. Because mm-hmm. the guy that used to own it. Yeah, the guy that yeah, the guy that used to own it was someone weird. And I was saying weird, like he was a bodybuilder or something along those lines. Oh, now it's now I'm just going to anyway. <clears throat> it was it was some like a uh, Canadian bodybuilder lives in Vancouver. It, it, there was a weird documentary I watched once on Netflix about some guy who lived like Arnold Schwarzenegger's life without all the fame, you know, mm-hmm. did the bodybuilding stuff and became an actor and att- apparently attempted also to be a rock star. And um, back the first round when all the retro logos and stuff were cool, like from the old school, like um, the New York Americans and the original Ottawa senators. and So like the nineties. Yeah, it w- um, <clears throat> there was a company I cannot remember the name of that used to do like the the uh, f- felt kind of felt wool looking type baseball caps that had all those logos on them. Um, Abbott's Field. I think it. I think it might have been Abbott's Field. Um, but anyway, that guy was making bank at that time. The guy that owned the trademark at that time, because they were doing all the retro sweaters and the retro hats and everything. So apparently this Paul Kim um, attempted to domain sit is what his, what his goal was bought the low or bought the, bought the rights to the logo and the name and everything and, and attempted to domain sit for the NHL franchise. So yeah, that doesn't, doesn't surprise me. He's suing. Because they said we're not going to name the team the Metropolitans, and we're not going to do this and that, and and they didn't put the city name on the logo, and right. they're not, and they're using a version of their logos S, and they're not using the colors, the green, and they're not the using white. the colors, they're not wearing brown pants. Mm-hmm. Yep. So good luck with that. I like how they call him an entrepreneur. <laughs> opportunist someone who yep. had a little bit of money but doesn't do anything i like to call it um extortion because the x makes it sound cool mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i've heard that but i didn't i've never believed it yeah. mm. he even filed an llc god that guy is just yeah okay <laughs> Um, people have too much money and not enough good sense. Yeah. And speaking of not enough good sense, someone please pick up this ball because I'm sure there's five stories I'm forgetting from the past (laughs) week. Um, Oh yeah. Reverse VH. (laughs) it strikes again here we go (laughs) you know ottawa ottawa management 
you could have come to us mm-hmm. instead of hiring different people. You could have come to us. No, LA management. You could have come. I mean, McDavid tried it twice on the same damn power play. They did the exact same play twice. The first time he rang it off the bar. The second time he rang it off the goalie's head. And Talbot's just Talbot's just down there, like locked in the reverse VH, letting Connor go. Oh, okay. Well, I got all the time in the world, and that looks like a wide open spot. Bang! Hey, looky there, a goal. <sighs> if if I could do the Kiff sigh from Futurama, that would be perfect right there. But I can't. Long suffering sigh. <sighs> That's as close as I can get. The one I used to give my dad when he would tell me things I already knew. <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> God, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I get to look forward to in the next six months to two years. Happening to me. Long suffering sigh that teenagers give their their parents. One hundred percent. I just get the side eye, the rolled eye, but no verbal exasperation. Mm-hmm. Yet, mm-hmm. it's coming. I don't know that that you're exasperating enough. Maybe you need to work on that. Maybe that's why you haven't gotten it yet. My dad had perfected exasperating. Perfected it. There are times when I miss that man, but when I think about things like that, I'm like, oh my God, thank God I don't have to deal with that anymore. (laughs) That's what Toronto was telling themselves when they waved their goalie today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nice segue. (laughs) Oh, mercy. That was beautiful. (laughs) I I, got to say, you just teed it up so perfectly. And I was just like... (laughs) I can't. I can't oh, let it go. Oh, come on. You have a gift. Admit that you have a gift. Oh. Admit you have a gift. <laughs> yeah. So do they just hope and pray that, you know, no one's going to claim uh, Samson off? Samson off? Are we, doing, are we doing that game again? I don't know what the Toronto... In the, you know, TSN Sportsnet um, callers, how they pronounce his name. But he's not going to get claimed. But do they do they just go and claim an Eric Comrie or do they just make a dumb trade later that includes a goalie? I don't know. They can pick up Eric Comrie off of waivers. Without help, though? (laughs) Well... Who knows about it? Know. <laughs> Doesn't matter, Cassie. Oh, yeah, that's just... what I'm saying. <laughs> well, can they technically put in a claim for him before they can bury Samsonov's contract? If they have cap space, yes. Uh, yeah, I guess what they don't have. Goaltending? Like, <laughs> um, healthy defense? 
Um, Does it matter if they're a pulse of reality? <laughs> um, um, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Forward depth. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. A head coach. Someone who isn't a hockey man who relies on hope as a, as a game plan. That one was pretty good too, Pat. That, yeah. It, because You're both. <laughs> I don't think they're relying on hope, but do they have a head coach? I don't think the head coach matters. I think it's the composition of the players that they have. You can have the best head coach in the world, but if you don't have the right mix of players, you're still screwed. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> Wait, Are you telling me Bobby, Mc- <laughs> Bobby McMahon isn't the answer to all their problems? I'm not even sure Vince McMahon would be the answer to any of their problems. Vince McMahon is the answer to no solution. Except a trivia question. And a potential lawsuit that would earn you lots and lots of money, apparently. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, <clears throat> okay. I was wrong earlier. <gasps> I know. Okay. So the dude's name was John Michael Thor. And what a name. I know, right? And it's M-I-K-L. Okay. Right. Going even further into, you know, the Viking heritage type thing. Should be Jan. <laughs> Which probably, you know, it's J-O-N, so it might oh. be Jan. Jan Michael Thor. So, um, so we're, we're, uh, we're Norwegian then. Yeah. Um, he owns the Vancouver Millionaires. Ah. Uh. And was trying to corner the market on like some of the old ones. Hmm. And yes, he did. Uh, um, if I remember correctly, it was. Uh, the yeah. Yeah, I am Thor is the documentary name. And it is an absolute flipping trip because now now this is now now that i've looked at i remember other things he did too he was a stripper for a while too so when i say he lived schwarzenegger's life without all the fame it's not too far off (laughs) so um It's funny, the Vancouver Millionaires logo was a V, as in the reverse VH, which is something that goalies need to stop doing. Actually, no, let them keep doing it. There goals are fun. That, there's that, but there was all that time that people were whining that goal scoring was down. And the conversation finally came around to, well, you know, goaltenders, the only ones working on all their skills, you forwards aren't. Now the forwards are working on their shooting skills. So keep teaching the reverse VH. I mean, we've seen dozen maybe or more goals this season scored in that same sort of glaring hole between the shoulder and the crossbar. Mm 
So how long until that actually, till the, <laughs> it's kind of a loaded question. Um, how long until the goalies start to catch on that they should stop doing that? <laughs> uh, how at least goalies? 10. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> I was going to say, it's going to be at least 10 years because it, it's, it's like the 12 year olds today will learn and adapt and, and do something new. As opposed to the pros. Can't teach an uh, old dog new tricks. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, you can't just completely reprogram them. It's too expensive. Mm. They might give up bad goals if they don't get reprogrammed. Oh, wait. <laughs> Infinite loop. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Mad props, by the way. Uh, to Mark Andre Florin going with the yellow pads. I will say that. I know you're not a fan of the the way they're doing the colors, Pat, and that's your prerogative is Well well it's the uniforms, one. but Flurry's mask, <clears throat> Chef's kiss, going back to the old yellow pads like he did in his early years of Pittsburgh. Exactly. Love it. Love it. Did you did you uh did you because it's his thousandth game, right? <laughs> did you see? Did you see that they had lined the entry with flower petals when he came walking in with a bouquet, like into the arena? I was um, just like, um, I get what you're going with that, but that's you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> well, unfortunately, they didn't have the time or the creativity to create basically a fun house of just different pranks and things that he has to get through. Right. I, I do love that his team, I forget who it was, pranked him by swapping out his goalie stick with a walking cane for practice. Mm-hmm. That that was beautiful. And I love that he went out there and played with it. You know? Yeah, pranking a prankster never really turns out very well. <laughs> if for no other reason that guy belongs in the Hall of Fame just for his sense of humor. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And his and his love of the game, you know, you hear about all those stories from when he was in Vegas and hand delivering signed uniforms to people. So you know what he needs to do next? Should this be his final season? Pull a Patrice Berger on and go work with the W with the local uh, PWHL team. Well, he hasn't quite started working there, but he's he's inching his way into. He that. is inching his way. <laughs> he is ever so present. Yes. From a, from official puck dropper to what do we think? President of a team. Oh, um, well, he'll start dropping into practices to help help peep the players out every once in a while, and then they're going to start like ask, they're going to ask him if if he wants a coaching job and. You know, they'll start him out as an assistant or something. You know that kind of thing. Okay, I can I can get down with that. But that's the next step, I think, is he's going to end up like accidentally on purpose. Oh, you guys are practicing here? I had no idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm going to guess special advisor to Hillary Knight or even Gigi Marvin. You know. 
let him work with the American Olympians for for a bit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> know where he lives now. <laughs> Wonder if he has dual citizenship. Maybe. I mean, still living in the area was, I guess, not surprising. So I would imagine he has some sort of residency at the mm-hmm. very least. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So uh, how long till he gets a uh, gets that that assistant coaching job? Or no, wait, that that volunteer coach job, I guess, would be the first one. I'm thinking before the end of this season. <laughs> By the end of this season, or maybe the off season, they'll be like, "Oh, we have we have in, you know brought in Patrice Bergeron as a uh, consultant to work with our team." I mean, oh, it's one hundred persistent coach. <laughs> I guess they have to wait until you know all those LA Dodgers contracts come through and all the money is actually deferred, so they have you know cash on hand to pay him. Mm. No, no, it's going to be voluntary first, and then they'll, like, pay him. Is that why they did that? To defer payment so that they could keep the cash and continue to grow? Probably. Hopefully, you know, hopefully invest it and get a return on it. Near to or somewhere enough to offset the actual salary. That's the only thing I can come up with. Pretty, Pretty much. You keep cash on hand. And as the player, don't you, I mean, this is the old adage of, you know, don't pay more taxes than you have to because you're just giving the government an interest. Mm-hmm. Loan, right? So That's don't it. try and get it all up front. If you just wait and just get paid the, the Bobby Bonilla tax <laughs> in perpetuity, I mean, You're on the road half the year. You're you're paid per diems, what have you. What do you need all that extra money just sitting in the bank being taxed up front? So you're allowing the team this is you know, this is basically you are partnering with the team and saying, "Okay, I'll let you make money off of my money." Mhm in an effort to retain more of my money when I get a big lump sum down the line and have to pay tax on that one lump sum. Okay. When I'm no longer a resident in certain areas and I'm not working in certain areas. So the taxes will all be different. So needless to say, Shohei Otani, owner of the uh, future PWHL um, California League? franchise. <laughs> League? Le- yeah. May- maybe he'll pull a, a semi uh, Mario Lemieux one day when Katzen, you know, runs out of money and he's the number one debtor on the list. Here you go. Here's this league. That would actually be fun. That's got to be hellacious to do loan appraisals. What is your actual income versus, you know, I'm kind of leaning, I'm kind of getting back around to the whole issue that Evander Kane had where he was 
taking, you know, gambling loans against his future earnings on his contract. Mm-hmm. And boy, that allow that that opens up some whole gnarly type situations because the dude is basically effectively a billionaire at this point, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, he's in line to buy an NHL franchise, I think. Like he'd ever do that. I know. I'm like, of course, Japanese. (laughs) Yes, I can see him now. Oh, I've loved the game of hockey ever since I was a small small child growing up into, you know, whatever prefecture in Japan, my rural prefecture in Japan that I grew up in. (laughs) Hockey is huge there, right? Unless you're talking in the north, I'm not thinking so. Mm -hmm. Or you have a relative on trying, you know, on the national team or something. Then again, you know, what the hell was Drew Carey doing buying into a soccer franchise? And uh, hmm. but he has Pacific Northwest connections. Yeah, but soccer, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. he likes soccer. Yeah. <clears throat> I will not judge anyone on anything except when I do, then it's my own prerogative. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you our man of the week. Hell no, nay. Our man of the month, one John Tortorella. I don't get why people can't stand him. I mean, I get why I get it, but get over yourselves. Because he doesn't play the taking, game like everybody else does. He doesn't play the media game like everybody else does. Right. You're taking him way more seriously than he's taking himself. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's what the real problem I think some people have. <clears throat> you know, just the tongue-in-cheek answers to his 1500th game and his... Tenth all time in NHL or US, is it US or NHL? He's tenth all time in a wins list. You know, I think just, NHL. I think it yeah. is NHL. Taking the puck and just saying, you know, effectively saying, I had nothing to do with it. You guys, you know, worked your butts off and got the win and blah blah blah. And I'm going, okay. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't want the light on him when it isn't. When it's not him defending his team, if that makes sense. It's not about him. It's about his team. And he'll take the heat for his team. And again, I'll continue to say this, you know, of all of the stuff that's come out of all the coaches in the last few years, rightfully so, you know, anyone who's expecting the shoe to drop with Tortorella, you've got a number of players who had ample opportunity to do it. Not a single one has stepped forward about him being abusive or psychologically damaging or physically, you know, menacing or physically hurting player, any of that stuff, any of the crap that Babcock and Peters and all those jackasses did. So maybe you might need to flip the script. Okay. And that's my John Tortorella rant. Thank you for listening to my Ted talk or my John (laughs) talk. My torts talk. There we go. (laughs) 
That's right. The police are after me. <laughs> the the fun police are after me. Just don't get your name in the paper. Uh, I'm just an entrepreneur from Edmonds next to Linwood. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Reset the clock. <laughs> nah. No, that was biographical. We, we yeah. weren't talking geography. Yeah. Uh, it was close. I, I would not. I, uh, but it's your call, Pat. You're the one keeping the, you're the, one keeping the uh, clock there. I didn't give you relative location to anywhere more wild, widely known. I didn't bring up anything other than I technically was born in Edmonds, which is technically next to Linwood. Where the other, where the guy who owns the Seattle Metropolitan's LLC <laughs> resides, and who is suing the Kraken for not for not suing him <laughs> for for not paying Buying him, him his yeah, for not paying him his extortion money. Gotta love people. No, you really don't. <laughs> well, there are some people you gotta love. So I already did. I already did my John Turner all over. Fine. Throw one out there for Jeff Skinner. You know, Captain Chalky Milk himself. His general manager was asked about, you know, does he have a lame duck coach? My words, not his or what was used in the interview pregame. And it's just like, Similar to how we dress down the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Buffalo Sabres are just a little too young and expectations are a little too, not high, but half the players on this roster are victim to past ghosts in that arena from a decade ago, 12 years ago, or whenever the heck they last made the playoffs. That's not on all these players, but they face the burden. Are you saying the ghost of Christian Erhoff is roaming that arena, even though Christian Erhoff is not dead? <laughs> Wait, I'm well confused. done. Well done. <laughs> because Christian Erhoff, roaming defenseman. No, 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 I know. <laughs> and I you didn't make a Billy Leno joke. Erhoff's the better one. I thought you would appreciate that because Leno, Leno wasn't, you know, no, if you go anywhere with it, it's always, it, all roads always point back to me for Christian Erhoff. Cause it's just an error off the side of the net when he shoots. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at least with Skinner, a good player who has whatever he was pigeonholed. He was given the label as a defensive liability, but when you play him and you play him with talented players, he puts up, he puts up points, but he puts up points in big moments like an OT winner last night, you know, something that they really struggle with winning games. Okay. Yes. It was against the blue jackets who, <sighs> that one was good too. <laughs> Poor Adam Pantilli. 
Poor Adam Bantilli. Did we expect the Columbus Blue Jackets to be good this year? No. Full stop. But I don't understand anything Pascal, Pascal Vincent is doing. It's a... <sighs> See, typically I, I figure that when I'm confused... The other person, the person I'm confused about or making me confused is also confused. But there's a difference, Cassie. You are aware of the confusion. Right. You're not confused. Is this a state of if you are not aware of it, you don't believe you're confused? It's a little too esoteric for me right now. I can't deal with this. <laughs> I mean, to to acknowledge the confusion is to admit you're confused. Otherwise, you don't believe you're confused when other people think you are. Because they have acknowledged confusion on your behalf, but you haven't. So you Well, so here's the thing though, is that is that if you don't know you're confused, then you're either delusional or you are um mistaken <laughs> so therefore you're I mean, not actually confused because if you if you are wavering on something maybe you're confused if you are doing something and it's out of a place of confusion but you don't recognize that it's out of a place of confusion then you are not actually confused because you, you are you are taking a direction you know it's it's one of those things that if you're standing still and you don't know what to do okay that's confusion if you're taking a direction and doing something that's not confusion that is not understanding or that's just being randomly to going a direction you know um at least that's how i see it <laughs> right you're making now me all think, I can, damn it i know <laughs> I know. Right now, all I can think of are spitting image puppets in the Genesis video for Land of Confusion. Uh, Sorry. All right. Yep, I'm going to have that earworm all night. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. And poor can't Patrick Line. Can't you see this is the Land of Confusion? It's just the NHL. It's, it's, it's like it's the same thing, but it's not. Yeah, it is, that, was kind of <laughs> that was kind of a redundant statement. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Patrick Line, boy. <sighs> At least he's got his air fryer to keep him happy. Because. Mm -hmm. uh, <sighs> Nothing else is going <laughs> to. No. <laughs> No chance in hell, eh? I just... And you can't even say his injuries are from overtraining like P.K. Subban's, right? Right. No, it's all been on the ice. Freak. I mean, this latest one was a broken clavicle? Mm-hmm. Which I found out was not a small classical instrument. No, no, it is not. You're welcome, one or two other music. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> but just, just, just some free advice for Pascal Vincent. Um, 
you're allowed to play your forwards more than 15, 16 minutes of ice time a game. Whoa. Just saying. Just saying. Um, Have you looked at that roster? Why would you want to? (laughs) Whoa. Step back there, heretic boy. Whoa. I don't know. Maybe playing a young forward who is in his second year of pro experience, only 13 minutes of ice time, isn't the best for his game. And, you know, when you have to bring him back into the lineup and he's able to produce offensively, it should be an indicator of, am I putting him in the best position to succeed or not? But enough about Dave Haxtell and Shane Wright. Mm-hmm. You, knew, you set it up. You knew I was going to go there. I mean, I was, I was thinking Kent Johnson. You just thought you'd beat the death of inevitability to death. You know, you just, <laughs> you're welcome. Tragically hip fans. Um, yeah, I didn't understand the Kent Johnson thing either. I mean, if you're not, uh, to, to your point of confusing confusion of confused states, Cassie, hmm. there they have reached peak confuse confusulence. Not a word. Don't care. Um, <laughs> I like making up words. It's fun. I do don't too. Worry about I, it. <laughs> I, when you have a, when you have a doctorate of sociology, you can make up words. Um, <clears throat> they don't know what they want to be, and that's what is hampering. They want to be competitive. Okay, great. Do you want to be a a playoff team? Well, you're not there. You want to be competitive. Okay, great. Play your kids. That's how they learn mm-hmm. to get competitive. You have to win the 5-4 games instead of the 3-2 games. Get over yeah. it. And there's not a damn thing wrong with either one. If you're looking for perfect, go find another job. Well, technically, he did have another job, and then yeah, that's true. See, let's be honest; the same thing would have happened. See, uh, we're going to go with confusion. I, I, I would like to know. I would, I would like someone to follow up with Sheldon Keith about what he thinks a defensive mistake is. Uh, something. Wait, wait, Cassie. I think I know the answer to this one. Oh, okay. It's something. Yes, Pat. <laughs> it's something that only someone who's making less than eight million dollars can do. Ding, 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 ding. Judges accept that answer. Hmm. Hmm. That's are all the job. Are all the judges Ontario-based people <laughs> and way too online? <laughs> That's that's not the detail I was looking for. I mean, it is an acceptable uh, answer, but it's not exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> I just I just went Valley Girl. You are way too online. Oh my god! Like oh my god! Look how online she is. Oh my god! That's way too online. <clears throat> that is so way too online. Gag me with a modem. Mm. <laughs> We don't even really technically use modems anymore. Wow, am I just like squirrel? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're also like pop reference like king today. <laughs> the obscure pop reference. 
Holy buckets. Uh, um, no, he's right, Cassie. Right. When, yes. When, I, I mean, I understand that. That's that's. So basically, it's whatever he feels like it is rather than mm-hmm. there's actually a definition for that. Because, mm-hmm. no, again, no one knows what good defense looks like in the NHL. All right. It's all, well, it's all I really wanted to know was the, you know, is it just an arbitrary thing that he can use against people? It, um, or is this a legitimate, he has an idea what a, uh, what a defensive mistake really is and he doesn't want, and he's trying to coach people into not doing that thing. I, I think and it's, I didn't think that was it because that sounded anti-hockey. No, actually that's probably very pro-hockey. Well, it, it, it should be, but you know, we're talking coaching and you know, yeah, this is true. We don't. <laughs> um, it's it's a complex situation, Cassie. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else in the area of the puck at the time this said mistake happened need to be coddled like maybe a forward who certainly, you know, might make over 12 or 13% of your salary cap? Mm-hmm. And Someone whom you maybe had to call out and then walk back. Any statements about their play? Or is said player the air quote heavy face of the franchise and you can't be seen throwing them under the bus? So, you know, you know what rolls downhill All the politicking. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. People wonder why people wonder why ter- about Toronto. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I didn't think we were talking. Okay, yeah, we were always talking about Toronto. I don't know what the hell I was trying to do. Deflect. Curiouser and curiouser. Curious. So what else happened in the last, I don't know, whatever it was since the last episode? We're still in that that amorphous period of time between Christmas and New Year's where days have no meaning. So, yeah. And I'm looking at my Christmas lights, dreading the fact that I have to take them down and store them, mm. only to repeat the process of having to untangle them again next year. I have a pro tip for you. Throw if you them have, away. And- if you have <laughs> an empty paper towel um, tube. Tried that. Uh, never mind then. I did it with the Christmas wrapping tubes. Mm. Still didn't work. Nope. Hmm. I think John Tortorella did that with Ristolainen's defensive uh, play, <laughs> where you put your your bottom hand inside the tube, so it's never gripping the stick too tight. So you're you're able to put things in better position. I'm sorry. Uh, back to uh, Christmas lights. Um, no, that was beautiful. I just <clears throat> it's it's funny how that whole thing sort of went around. And it was never 
like the, the two ends of the story were never attached with direct quotes. Like, you know, there was the, the whole, there was not the whole, there was a little kerfuffle rumoring going around that the Leafs were looking at Ristolainen and then everybody jumped on board and was dragging him because of his defensive play. And then seemingly out of nowhere, he comes out with a quote, you know, basically saying, I really wished I'd had Tortorella as my coach when I was 18 because he's really helped me improve my game. <laughs> and it's sort of like, you are, are you volunteering this as a retort to these other things? Or is this something you were going to say? You know, it's one of those, what's going on here? What, what, what was the purpose of that? Were you planning on saying that anyway? Or, you know, because it was kind of a, I don't think the question was asked of him whether he believed he had been getting better or something i think they was asked they were asking him about tortorella and he just volunteered that you know it wasn't it wasn't in response to you know you seem to be playing better of late you know hint hint and there are rumors out there about you it was just you know what's it been like having you know torts this full season i don't know that was really weird and it's kind of remarkable how he played in Buffalo for so long and he was the only, I would say defensive mainstay on that team up until Darlene was drafted. So of yeah. course he was always having to carry the load. He was playing 26 minutes a night and now all of a sudden his offensive numbers are down, but his defensive numbers quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did they He's have not defensive ha- numbers? <laughs> Well, they think they have defensive numbers, but it's yeah. He's not a good team. (laughs) Minus four in fifteen games, which if you're playing tougher assignments, hey, that's not so bad. You're not the worst on the team. Worst on the team is one of their other more effective players this year, and Travis Sanheim, who's getting all the power play cookies. But anyway, it's just like, oh, you put a player in a different role and let him work on it and not try and do everything and be um, the overachieving hockey generalist that everyone assumes out of first-round picks or guys that make $5 million a year. And, hey, let him just specialize in one area of the game for a little bit. And it's remarkable. And maybe coach him on how to do that better. Oh, yeah. Where you see, you see, okay, you're doing this and this is good, but have you thought about doing this? Or that's not a bad approach, but have you considered all these other things? Yeah. Instead of uh, choreographing everything that they do and expecting a, oh, I don't know, six foot four, 220 pound defenseman. To move like, I don't know, a Tory Krug. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Sure. Um, now, see, what you do, Raspis, is when you get the puck <laughs> down here and there's two guys on you, you spin out off the boards and you come in to the face-off circle and then you deke out the attacking forward, you know, the third high forward. Once you deke him out, you got clear, and then you just skate like the wind 
to close to the center line. Yeah, you just do that, and then you hit Gretzky on the. Wait, okay, you hit Mess. Okay, not Messier. Um, <laughs> Connor, Connor, that's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hit, you, you hit McDavid. <laughs> God, I. So no I, improvement with the defense since Coffee's been there, huh? So trying to say. <laughs> Oh, hey, how has that defense up in Edmonton been doing? Exactly the same as they were prior to coffee getting. Oh, there. curious. So what? what's the difference in public morale then? McDavid huh. is scoring. Dry saddles picked up. They're getting contributions from other players. Not named Connor Brown. <laughs> I said contributions, so that automatically removed Connor Brown. Yes. It's like a player who didn't play for a full year. It was unreasonable to expect they would be able to contribute. Hmm. Interesting. But let's go ahead and give him a bonus laden contract anyway. And put him on the line, put him on the top six. Mm -hmm. There's something there. Because these guys used to play again or with each other so many years ago, because they're exactly the same human beings. They were when they were 17. You know, the funny thing is, he was he was rarely, if ever, on a line with McDavid. It was always up with Drysaddle, hmm. and we all yeah. saw how that worked because Drysaddle, he still doesn't look right, but he looks more like himself, even though Brown's been pushed down, and smartly, who always should have been up there, the Fog Daddy, yeah, Warren well, Fogel. Hey, he has some white. He he has some. Um, show me a dog without fleas. I was going to say propensity for data loss from time to time, but I think he can live with it. Yeah, yeah. Show me a dog without fleas. Mm-hmm. You know, there he is at least in the spirit of the game. Every game. And he's got talent. He's got speed. He gets in there. He gets mucky. He gets grindy. He can finish. So, yeah. He always should have been up there. You don't you need, don't need yeah. three primary offensive drivers to make a successful no. line. Let him be the Brian Rust, you know? You've got two all-world centers. You just need... Chris Kunitz and Brian Rust. Unless you have collusion with a, a certain uh, person on skates wearing stripes and create multi-pucks, which definitely should be an all-star game activity. Um, there's only one puck, and you can only pass the puck between two individuals. So well, what's no, that third individual going to do? If you're talented, you can pass it to more than two, but that's usually involving the other team. <laughs> or or Cassie, you just pass it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that the board pass still isn't as popular. We've seen it a couple of times, but you know, conspiracy theory on that. No, I think the way the it's just been beaten out of everyone over the years because the interference penalties or the interference rules were so much different that you could bounce it off the wall, bounce it off the boards and nobody cared because they'd just drill you. 
But so that's been pounded out of everybody, but not the um, blind drop pass. Well, because no one's come up with a better way to run a power play, like keeping the puck in the zone off the opening draw. Or, or here, or no, no uh, dump and chase. And see, it's got to be you got to read and react. If they're playing Red Rover, Red Rover at the blue line, what the hell's the what the hell's the ladder play going to do? They're not moving. Well, they just no. got to do ninety chess instead. That's when you dump and chase because you got you build speed. You they're they're going to park at the blue line, dump them behind them, and get them. And by the time it takes them to turn and run, you're three feet beyond them. You got to react. It's read and react. Don't try the same thing over and over again because. I want to say probably four times in the last two weeks, I've seen somebody try the ladder play and have it get picked off. And the shorthanded team gets a clean shot in from near the blue line, you know, or they're sitting up on the guy who's going to create, you know, I think there was a cracking game where somebody did that. And it was just, I think it was against the Kings. Anyway, we're, we're, you know, the attacking penalty kill forward was right up on the pluck carrier. He tempted to dump it, and the other player wasn't close enough. And the, you know, it's just react. Don't, they just get so programmed into doing the one entry play that they have, or the one or two entry plays they have, which involve this. And if I see this 1 800 contacts commercial again <laughs> with this, woman bridget who's got the craziest just freaky eyes glaring into the camera i think i'm gonna throw espn out the window (sighs) this has been the 3v3 podcast follow us on twitter at 3v3 podcast we're available for nhl consulting at reasonable fees